Make the most of what you have. You have a really talented running back with you. I mean, oh, oh you got oh, competent oh, oh. receivers. You got two. Hold on, you got two tight ends that they invested a lot of money in because the ones that Bill drafted didn't fucking work out. So we had Hunter Henry just keeps dropping passes left and right. I still think Hunter Henry is a good tight end in the league. He had a good game against Arizona. I'm just saying, like, the he has some weapons. He's just yeah. not good. He does have some weapons. You know what this story's reminding me a lot of? Tom fucking Brady. You watch him lately? All right, welcome to episode 78 of Clubhouse Convos. It's your host, Colin Scully, joined by three of my good friends today. Uh, Connor Newman, how are you doing today? I'm good. My uh, my grandmother canceled our cookie making. She lost power <laughs> down the street. She lives like five minutes away, but luckily I still have power. I invited her here, but she uh, politely declined. So, I'm <laughs> Dan, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Um, I feel like I haven't done anything the last three days, just nothing to do now that school's over. Um, so I, I can't really complain about having nothing to do. So winter break has been nice. Yeah, it's, it's a glorious thing having nothing to do. Evan, how are you? Clean shaven? Uh, yeah, clean shaven. Um, set my record since I've been home. I got up uh, the earliest I've gotten up. Uh, it was 11. 15 so we're making improvement <laughs> yeah I, I i set an alarm this morning for 10 45 uh rolled back to sleep till about 11 30 and then knew i had to get up for the pod so uh this pod is going to be some 2020 in review as well as a glimpse towards 2023 uh we have a couple questions here we'll call them softballs because they're really quite open-ended and up to you. So we're going to go here first with our best takes from 2022, unless we'd like to get the worst out of the way. <laughs> While people are still listening, I think we might need to get the worst ones out. All right, um, let's get them all. So we'll do worst takes first. We'll go in that same order, Connor, Dan, and then Ev. Uh, so give me your worst take of 22, a take that embarrasses you, a take that if we were to post a video clip on the Instagram, you'd say, guys, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. If I ever got around to doing it. <laughs> I've got two. Uh, I went I went digging um, into our past episodes, did some listening. So first, I had the White Sox in the World Series, um, just an abysmal take. But you look on paper at the time, like the, the rotation was so good, the, the lineup was so good, and they just the central, man, was just – so bad. I mean, that was might be my worst. If not for me having the Seahawks at three and fourteen as the, my thirty second team in the power rankings, I said on the pod they would be looking for a quarterback uh, in the draft this offseason. And Geno Smith has seemingly revitalized his career. Um, that one was just pretty bad. I also had the Packers and Rams at the top of the the NFC, but that's not nearly as egregious as my disrespect for Seattle. I'm so sorry. 
Dan? Um, so my worst take probably has to be saying that Texas A&M would make the college football playoff. Um, obviously, they don't even make a bowl game this year. I think they finished with maybe four wins. Um, I think you just look at Texas A&M. They had a really good year the year before. Get the number one recruiting class. A lot of NIL money going to transfers. I think a lot of it was there for Texas A&M to have a really good year. And then it just all fell apart because they couldn't get a quarterback. Um, so that was pretty bad in terms of just where I had them slated and how they ended up. Um, but another bad one was me thinking that the Blue Jays would be the AL representative for the World Series. Um, I thought this team would be a wagon. And it turns out that they they still made the playoffs, but they're pretty average at the beginning of the year. End up firing uh, uh, the manager early on. So just kind of didn't work out to expectations. But those are kind of two of the takes that if we were to post a video, I'd be pretty upset about because they did not live up to those expectations. Also, Chargers being the first seed of the AFC, they still have a chance to at least win the Super Bowl. But uh, I don't see them going 14 and three in uh, getting some home field advantage. So those are the three takes. Um, For me, I have a few here. Um, First of all, I had the 49ers not making the playoffs. Um, I guess I should never bet against Kyle Shanahan. Um, You know, Dan's probably been telling me that for the last year, and I still did it anyway. Um, Just not a big Lance guy, but it's kind of worked out with how, you know, Jimmy had stepped in and now Brock Purdy's playing well. So, 49ers missing was one of my bad ones. Um, I also had the Dallas Mavericks atop the Western Conference. Um, I don't know, really thought Luka was going to do it this year um, and lead this team, and they've just been very mediocre. There's not much help. Uh, so that's another bad one. And then I don't know what happened with the Florida Panthers. I had them second in my uh, – I had them winning the Atlantic. I had them second behind Washington. Um just have not figured it out. I mean, they're playing guys like Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl every night. Um, you know, Kachuk's been great, but they haven't gotten the goaltending all season long. Uh, there hasn't been that depth scoring. So definitely was very wrong about the Florida Panthers, Mavericks, and uh, 49ers. And then I also had the Cardinals in my playoffs, and they've been a disaster. So, um, yeah, definitely not too good uh, this year with some of those takes. Yeah, I'd, I'd jump on first the Chicago White Sox in the World Series. Uh, I've had them as my AL representative the past two years. So I'm with you on that, Newman. It, it's hard when you look at that team on paper. I feel like they just keep battling either Tony La Russa's incompetence over the last two years or injuries. Um, I mean, you look at big players on that team. Robert missed significant time. Jimenez has missed significant time. Lance Lynn has missed significant time. So they've just lost a lot of big pieces that I expected to contribute for them over the last two years. It's definitely one of my worst. A couple NFL ones from this year. I mean, I had New Orleans in at 7 and 10. Um, I also showed (laughs) horrific disrespect to the New York Giants, who I had at 3-14. and 14. Uh, Brian Dable has done a fantastic job turning that around. Um, a couple on the AFC side, I had Indianapolis at 11-6, and six, winning their division. What a dog, dog and pony <laughs> show that team has been this year. And quite possibly my worst take, the Denver Broncos at 12-5. and five. I mean, I couldn't have been their biggest advocate. I was preaching that they were – just a quarterback away from uh, Super Bowl contention. And here they are, a fucking joke. I haven't picked them in picks in weeks. They're just so awful. 
Um, so that's a horrible take from me. A couple hockey ones. Um, little high on the Flames this year. I had them winning the Pacific in second place in the Western Conference total. They have not played up to my expectations. Um, the the loss of Kachuk is they've been good though. I mean, I don't think that's terrible. No, I don't think it's terrible, but I I don't feel anywhere near as highly or as strongly about them as I did prior coming into the year. Um, also had the Bruins at sixth, definitely not going to finish there. Um, as well as the Predators in fifth, I don't see them figuring their shit out either. So definitely some bad takes from me over the last calendar year. God damn. We all brought like three to the table and you brought a dozen. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking, I mean, as a podcast, our MLB predictions were a little rough. Uh, our AL East was Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, Orioles. So that was horrible. Um, we all we had the White Sox winning their division. We had the New York Mets in third place. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals in second place. Um, you know what the so hottest yeah. take might be? It never happens how you think it'll happen. That might be the hottest take I've ever. That might be the best take. Yeah. Uh, speaking of best takes, let's move on to our best takes. So a little self praise here, Newman. What do you got? Uh, I've got three, uh, from three different sports. So baseball. Uh, I believe Dan will join me in Sandy Alcantara as our Cy Young pick. Uh, I feel like it was a shoe in, even though no one was giving him praise. Scully, you had him too. Let's get. I had him too. Just All found right. it in my notes. All right. Well, good. Good job. Praise for the pod. Um. Football-wise, I had the Broncos as the worst team in the West, missing the playoffs. Uh, I just thought they were frauds, although I did, I think, have them at, like, 8-9. and nine. So they even disappointed me. Um, and then I think my best take, I had the Florida Panthers as a fringe playoff team, the most overrated team in the NHL this year. Um, I was looking back. I know ESPN and their preseason power rankings had them at third, and pretty much all of the NHL writers had them winning the Atlantic. But I don't know. I feel I just felt like – they kind of mortgaged all their future to win last year when that kind of fell through. It's kind of a bust, you know, a Bobrovsky on a 10 mil deal, trading away Huberdo, which I mean, seemingly is working right now. His stats haven't been very good, I saw, but I don't know. I just think they, yeah, and uh, Tuchuk's been pretty good, but they seemingly just threw away their future. And I, I couldn't see how people were saying they'd win the Atlantic when you've got Toronto as a powerhouse, <laughs> Tampa. Even like Ottawa, who I guess didn't pan out. I had them in my playoffs, but I feel like that was a good take for me. Those are my three. Paul Maurice has not done as good of a job as I thought. They should have kept Brunette, honestly. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, So the best ones I had, I had the Sandy pick for Cy Young. Um, I actually had the Red Sox in fourth place in the AL East uh, for my own individual uh, predictions. I thought they were closer actually to Baltimore than New York, just looking back at some notes. Um, and a small one, I had, I did kind of have this little prediction that the Yankees were going to have their midseason collapse almost. Um, everyone was still ranking them one in the power rankings, and <laughs> I had them at like five or six. So that was a little moral victory for me. Um, looking back, especially with some of my draft takes, saying that Jalen Petrie should have been a first-round safety. He falls to, I think it was like late second, early third uh, for the Houston Texans, something like that. Uh, and he's been a he's been a day-one starter for them at safety. 
Then also Jahad Dotson. A lot of people did not look at him as a first-round receiver, and he's balling out for the commanders right now. A lot of people thought he was taking too high. I thought it was just right. Um, and then I also just have Cleveland Browns at 6-11, and 11, uh, thinking that they'd be pretty dog water at this point with Jacoby Brissett, which they have been. Um, and probably a lot of people expected that. But I'm not, looking back at some of the predictions, some people had them at like nine wins, eight wins. So I thought that was a pretty good call. Um, for me, um, I guess I'll start with the White Sox. I've just never been on that White Sox train. Uh, not similar to you guys. Uh, again, just managed by Tony Larusa. Never found that attractive, and they're a team that's always had injury issues. Unfortunately, because great team, uh, just too bad not everybody can stay healthy. Um, probably my favorite one was back in the preseason we were talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles, and I said uh, I was hyping up Philly in the. Uh, preseason um, saying that they would win 13 games on this episode when we were talking about Dallas and overs. And I think what was so funny was Dan's response. Uh, he was like, I'm not even that ridiculous. And then he goes, I bring the, I guess I bring the stupidity to the pot. It was just hilarious. It was a <laughs> hilarious quote. Um, but again, yeah, the Eagles have been awesome this year um, and Hertz has been great. And then, while I didn't get all of the guarantee, just saying Goldschmidt would win MVP and the Cardinals would win that division. So I'll go with those three. Yep, I have a few as well. Um, first, Sandy Alcantara. I had him as my Cy Young preseason. Uh, I also a couple MLB ones. Uh, I had Scott Surveys as my manager of the year, although he did not win. The Mariners were pretty much as good as I expected. I had them at 93 and 69. They won 90 games. Uh, I also was one win away from correctly predicting the Dodgers. I had them at 110 and 52, uh, which I think was pretty cool because I remember 110, everyone was like, holy shit. Um, so that was a good pick by me. Um, contrary to the the Florida Panthers love from Evan, I had them eighth in my standings. And I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, Vegas Golden Knights, who I know not everyone had in the playoffs, as well as the LA Kings. I had both of those teams. And then finally, um, perhaps the take that I was flamed the most for was my Green Bay Packers take. Missing the playoffs, <laughs> I said their offense would be one-dimensional. They would have no passing game. Uh, everyone would know that it was the Jones and Dylan show. And that's exactly what's fucking happened. And it feels so good to watch every Sunday. <laughs> it's a good so, take. Moving on. Great take. Um, thank you, fellas. Couple more questions. Looking forward to 2023. What's a team that you think will surprise people? Can be any sport. I have two. I have the Baltimore Orioles, who I think could make a surprise playoff appearance um, given the state of baseball right now. Uh, and I also have the Vancouver Canucks who I was super high on uh, in the preseason. I they think they could go, suck. they could go on a run. They've been playing well as of the last few weeks. I think if they keep that up and Demko, when he comes back from injury, if he starts to play well, like he did last year, I, I think they have a legit shot. I think the West is pretty weak. It's pretty much open for grab. I mean, you got the Kings in second and they don't have a goalie. Um, so I, I think anything's possible. I think I'd like to see them go on a stretch run. So those, those are my two teams. Um, 
I have one pick and it's going to be pretty outside the box on this one. It's just what came to my head first. Um, it's actually going to be James Madison for college football. Um, this was their first year uh, in the FBS and they went eight and three. I really could see this team being a 10, 11 win team next season in the Sun Belt. Um, they got the resources. They have the success. Um, it, and I mean, the Sun Belt's not the end all be all of college football. So I could see this team sneaking their way somehow into some New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, I really look highly on James Madison, and I think it's a school that would surprise a lot of people uh, with the success that they're set up for next season. <clears throat> for my team, I'm going with the Buffalo Sabres uh, right now, 16-14-2. and two. Uh, They've won their last four games. They're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Um, they have one of the best lines in hockey right now with Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, and Alex Tuck. They've had a lot of young depth scoring. Darlene's played fantastic. Craig Anderson has turned back the clock. Uh, so I'm going to say Buffalo, and I don't think it would be the craziest thing to see this team competing for a wild card spot down the stretch. So Buffalo is my pick. Yeah, Buffalo was one of mine for all the reasons Evan's given. Everyone knows how much I love Tage Thompson, um, probably my favorite player in the league right now. Uh, and then secondly, I think just based on um, how they played down the stretch, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think there's a chance they can win this division. And if not, I think next year they're, they're my division winner um, based on just play this year uh, and future outlook for the teams in that division. Not sure what Tennessee is going to be doing at quarterback. Uh, obviously, Indianapolis has their own quarterback questions and Houston's a mess. So, I would say Jacksonville, looking ahead, has to be the favorite to win the AFC South next year. Uh, and if they play the way they have this year, um, depending on what they do in the offseason, they, they'd be looking like a 10-11 win team for me with the way Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson have mixed uh, almost perfectly in the last eight weeks or so. Um, so, Sorry, I was doing some research. I actually think the White Sox will be a lot better as well this year. New manager um, who was actually the catching coach for Kansas City through Salvi Perez's um, fantastic stretch. So we'll see what they do. Um, as for 2023, who do you see taking a step back? Any team, doesn't matter. Uh, so I have one team, and I think we would all be so delighted for them to to kick themselves, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I just don't, I just don't think what they're doing is sustainable as Evan Claps. Um, the goaltending tandem is not anything special. They're just kind of riding a high, and Mitch Marner is not going to be, you know, twenty three game point streak forever. I just, I just don't see that being sustainable. I think other teams are going to start catching up. But Buffalo, for example, would try to make a playoff push. I think Toronto easily coast into the playoffs. I still think they're a good team, but at this pace, like I see them falling below. I think Tampa will catch them. Um, I could see them as a wild card team, which would be great. Um, so I'm going to have two. Um, so the first one's going to be the Red Sox. Uh, whatever you thought they were this year, they're going to mm -hmm. be even worse next year. Um, it's not even going to be watchable. I think just, it's going to be terrible product. Um, the second one's actually going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I think it. you look at how much money they're going to have to invest in Lamar Jackson to keep him around, whether it be franchise tag or a long-term extension. 
Um, it's going to be very hard to construct a roster that I think already is pretty old, uh, pretty uh, filled with injuries. I, I don't know if Baltimore, especially with Cincinnati in the division, you don't have a full year of Deshaun Watson from the Browns. Uh, we'll see what Mike Tomlin can do again with the Steelers. I don't know if the Ravens are in the best spot to have a good season next year. Um, and they could end up missing the playoffs because of how much they have to pay Lamar. A good one, dude. Uh, I'm staying with football. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think this is just a team that's been on the sp- uh, downward spiral. Um, and obviously it's, you know, you still have Derrick Henry, but I think you look at the pieces around Derrick Henry and it's just not great. And I think the defense hasn't been as good this year. So I'm going to say a couple things. I Mike Vrabel's on almost four years now on the job. I don't think he makes it out of 2023. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill makes it out of 2023 being the Titans starting quarterback. So I think they're going to lose both those guys. I think at some point at the end of the day, you know, you got to maybe find a new voice. Um, And maybe Mike Vrabel coming to New England in some form. That would be nice also. So I'll just throw out those three things. I'd love that. Um, My team is the Golden State Warriors. They're 15 and 18 right now. And by the way, before I even say this, this feels like a take that could completely burn me in June. Um, But they're 15 and 18 right now. They're in the 11th place. Granted, it's only five and a half games back of first because the West is a clusterfuck. But they're three and 16 on the road. Draymond Green sucks. And they have him locked in at 40 million for like two more years, I think. He plays way too many minutes a night just because he makes that money, and he sucks. Clay Thompson has regressed. Steph Curry has regressed. Steph Curry is still Steph Curry, but he has a lot more nights where he's not Steph Curry than normal. A lot more off nights. Uh, the supporting cast has not been there this year. And did I, did I already mention the, the road record? 3-16 and 16 mm-hmm. on the road? Uh, it's horrible. If you can't win on the road, you'll never win in the NBA. Um, so I don't know. I think that core has run its course and I can't see them being anything close to a contender come playoff time. I like it. All right. Couple, uh, couple championship questions looking towards the end of the NHL and NBA seasons right now. Are you taking the Bruins or the field to win the Stanley cup? Uh, I'm taking the fields. Um, I like the, what the Bruins are doing right now, but you know, I trust proven teams, you know, obviously Tampa has a playoff caliber team. Um, I think Omar will definitely be going well over his career high in starts, which is never good. Uh, I saw it last year, Shesterkin fell apart, Jari fell apart after matching those totals. So I don't think what he's doing right now is going to be sustainable to the end of the year, but I mean, they've got the scoring that they've lacked uh, in past years, and if they seemingly fix that problem, then I don't see any reason why they can't just cruise to the cup. I just think, you know, there's 15 other teams that are going to be in the playoffs. I I take the odds that a Dallas or a Vegas is going to luck their way into the finals over Boston. I agree. I'm going to have to take the field. Um, I know Boston's got a hot start, but I think you just look at kind of the history as of late with the Bruins. They're They're talented. Um, but I think they're old and to go on such a long run. And we know that the NHL playoffs are pretty grueling. Um, I just don't know if they'll have enough in the end um, to go all the way. But 
So I'd have to take the field. It's the field for me also. Uh, just too many good teams that make the playoffs for one. And for two, you got to win four rounds. Um, best of seven. I mean, that's not easy. In, in NHL, anything can happen. Uh, it's kind of one of those sports where you do have that parity each year and you're uh, year out. So I'm taking the field also. Not how I saw this question panning out, to be honest with you. I'm going to take Boston. I mean, I just think that the the type of hockey they're playing right now is so adaptive to other teams' play style that they're winning all different sorts of games. Like, they're, they're able to play a different way every night. Like, against Florida the other night, they go up 4 nothing after the first, play horribly in the second, blow a, a four-goal lead. It's 4-3 halfway through the second. And then they just score four more goals and cruise. Like, they just – they can score you to death. They don't give up that many chances. I mean, Omar has lost one game in regulation. He's been fantastic. And, yeah, Newman, I understand the concerns. He's only played 20 games. They've played 32. So, yes, he's playing a, a decent amount, but he's probably only going to finish around 50-55 at that rate. So – I'm not super concerned about that. And I just think they're so solid. And Montgomery seems to know how to mix the lines. And, yeah, I get it. Playoff odds would suggest picking one team is not very smart. But I just think the way they're playing right now, they're the best team in hockey, and I couldn't see a team beating them in seven. Any rebuttals, or, or shall we move on? I mean, I would love for Boston to win a cup. Um, or at least make the, the finals again. But, you know, I just – I don't know if they have it. It's fair. With my expert hockey analysis. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the NBA side of things, similar style question. Are we taking the Celtics, the Bucks, or the field to win the championship? I didn't include a Western Conference team because I don't feel as though there's a favorite out there. But I do think that the Bucs and the Celtics are, are the two teams people look to in the East at this point in the year. Yeah, for this one, I am going to take uh, either the Celtics or the Bucs. I would even throw the Nets in that conversation the way they've been playing lately. I just don't think the West has a team that I think can compete with the East right now. Similar to hockey, I don't really – I think the East is kind of a juggernaut right now. Um, but I love the way the Celtics are playing and the Bucs. And if – even then, I like the Nets, honestly, might be a favorite for me right now. The way that Kyrie and uh, KD are playing currently and Ben Simmons is only getting better. Um, but I think out of those three, I think you find a champion in there. I think the fact that the Warriors are not really in the discussion kind of puts a damper on the West. Even I mean, I don't think the Grizzlies have what it takes to make it through four rounds. Kind of like what Evan was saying with the Bruins. Um, so, yeah, I will, I will take one of those two teams. Um. I'm actually going to go with the field and the two teams I'm really thinking of are the Nets. And I actually do like the Cavs this year. Um, they're having a good uh, start so far, but I just like what they have uh, with Donovan Mitchell and that, the rest of that roster. Um, so those are kind of the two teams I'm maybe banking on. Um, I, I think the Celtics are somewhat frauds in a way um, and the Bucks, um, They're probably the only other team I would consider. Um, but so I'd have to go with the field. I'm going with the Celtics and Bucks like Newman. Um, I think experience in the playoffs is going to matter for one. Um, obviously, both teams have a lot of that. The Bucks won the finals two years ago. The Celtics were in the finals two years ago. And the Warriors, again, as it was mentioned, not 
there right now. Um, I also think the Celtics match up very well against the Nets. Obviously, it's a similar roster, and the Celtics swept them last year. I like the Bucks how they match up against the Nets too. I think you know it'll be interesting to see who comes out of the West because if it's a Memphis again, I really like the East. If it's Denver, I like the East. Maybe the Warriors get hot, and maybe I like the Warriors. I don't know, uh, but I think that'll kind of depend on um, kind of what finals matchup we get. But I do think, um, especially with Chris Chris Middleton back, I like the Celtics and Bucks uh, as frontrunners. Yeah, I'm going to take Celtics and Bucks as well. Um, Dan, I like the Cavs shutout. They're the only team, them and the Nets, I think, in the East that are capable of beating these two teams in a seven-game series. I just hate the way the Celtics in particular match again, match up against the Cavs, and I think they pos- like possess the roster to create a lot of matchup threats when you have two very, very good guards that can attack with the ball, but also play off the ball in Mitchell and Garland. And then you have Allen and Mobley down low. Uh, that's a scary four with Levert on the wing. They're, they're a very good team. I think in seven, they can give you a lot of trouble. Um, as for the West, I agree. I can't really see like maybe the Pelicans come out of there, but like they're not, they don't have the chops to win four series. Uh, same as the Trailblazers, same as the Suns at this point, unless Booker can carry them. Uh, I, there's just no Western Conference team that I feel safe saying, yep, they'll, they can walk through. They'll be there. But with the Celtics and Bucks, I, I think one of those teams, when they play in the Eastern Conference, will be in the championship. I'd just say, too, um, shout out to Denver, by the way, and what Nikola Jokic is doing. Um had a 20-something rebound game the other night. He's putting up so many triple-doubles again this year. And I'd argue since Mike Malone got to Denver, this is the best team that they've had. So um, They're healthy, that's why. Denver's an interesting team where you don't necessarily know how an Eastern Conference team would match up against Jokic and Denver because so much of what Denver does revolves around Jokic, where it's like there's not really another player, maybe Joel Embiid, that's kind of comparable in how you – prepare for um a superstar like that so i, I think that would be yeah. interesting to see i'd like to see denver come out of that yeah denver's finally healthy i mean it, they miss porter they miss murray it's kind of been Jokic on his own but with the supporting cast i think they're they're definitely a scary threat um a couple more questions bold prediction for 2023 Whatever you got. Newman, you're muted. Newman, you're muted. Fuck, I was muted. I was coughing up a fucking lung, that's why. Um, I came up with two, and I think one of them is not even that bold. I have, So I have the Lions and Jaguars coming full circle and both making the playoffs. At this point, I don't even think that's that bold, just based on what, what the schedule has left for some of the teams that uh, they require help from. But it would be pretty cool. I mean, the Lions started out one and six, you know, come all this way and finally make the playoffs. I had them at, I think, eight and nine in my our preseason prediction. So it'd be nice for them to fulfill that. And the Jaguars obviously have kind of a, a nice road. And then I also I have Brock Purdy leading the Niners to the Super Bowl. Uh, that'd be pretty fucking cool um, for him to just go all the way. I don't see any reason to go away from him right now, even when 
Or what? What is the deal with Jimmy? Does anyone know? Is he coming back? I don't think he's going to be able to. No, yeah, but all right. I do know is uh, Lance is a bust. That's all. Yeah, well, Brock Purdy's getting the reins, and he's taking them to the promised land. Um, I love what they're doing in, in San Fran right now, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, so I have two, and these are going to take a very long time because they're both football-related for next season. Um, the first one's going to be Ohio State will finish third in the Big Ten East, so that means Michigan and Penn State will finish above them in the division, which I don't know how long it's been since that's happened. Um, and the next one's going to be that next season will be Bill Belichick's last year as the head coach in New England. I fucking hope so. And it won't be due to just retirement. Wow. I like it. Um, for me, mine is going to be a wild card team makes the Stanley Cup final. And when I say that, I have a few teams in mind. I think Washington's a threat. Minnesota Wild are a threat. Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames. Those were the four teams I had in mind. Um, yeah, I feel like every year we kind of see a sleeper team kind of, you know, pull off an upset in the first round and then get hot. So those are four teams that I thought of, but again, could be others. I know Colorado right now is in a wild card spot. I just don't anticipate that staying true. But um, again, I think this might be the year of, of the underdog. Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, first, Tate Thompson scores 60 goals this year. Uh, he's at 26 right now. Scored career high 38 last year. Um, but, I mean, he's got 50 fucking points in 32 games. Almost a goal a game with 26. So, I think he scores 60 this year. Um, I also think that the Padres and Dodgers both win 105 or more games next year. Um, that's kind of the matchup that I look to in the NL West. Obviously, the Padres have stocked up. Um, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. So, I look forward to that unraveling and I say that that's it um although I don't know how bold that is with them both I feel like 105 in the same division is a lot of wins yeah uh, for sure okay. what they get last year um Dodgers 111 Padres 89 yeah in the... um okay is there a storyline that you would like to see either play out in a certain way or come to life in 2023 yeah, I have one. It's not one I want to see, but I think it'd be interesting if this were to occur. I have the Mets absolutely dominating baseball, and fans are up in arms about you know some kind of competitive balance because I mean they they're what they spent this year is worth more than what half the league. It's fucking ridiculous that they compile these players. I mean, at least in baseball, it doesn't guarantee they're going to win anything. I mean, any team can win on any given day, but. I have a feeling that they're just going to run through everyone and there needs to be something to be done about it. I'm not really sure what that is. Like you can't really force owners to spend more or less. That's like, it doesn't really work that way, but I think that's something we're going to see next year. The teams that have spent are just going to go off. I like that. Um, so I kind of have two and it's going to be two or is that redemption stories and it's going to be Sam Darnold kind of turning it around. Um, He's kind of had some good games here with Carolina down the stretch. Um, I know the team still stinks, but I would like to see next year, maybe Carolina add a few pieces with this rebuild and Darnold kind of continue to figure it out and be a better quarterback. Um, 
but also Baker Mayfield in LA. I kind of think Staffy or Matthew Stafford, um, with the back and spine injury, I, I kind of question if he's going to even be available to play next season. And I would really like for Baker to kind of revitalize career or revitalize his career in LA with Sean McVay and kind of get the Rams back in the playoffs. So those are kind of the two redemption stories I would like to see. Sorry, I was on mute. No, I like both of those, Dan. Um, mine kind of ties into your first one. Mine, the storyline I would like to see happen is a team other than Tampa Bay winning the NFC South. Right now, Tampa Bay, a game up on everybody. If I kind of had to pick a team that looks like they might be able to do it, I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, already beat Tampa Bay this season. So you have that in your back pocket. They play again on January 1st. Uh, so that will be a huge game. And the other games for Tampa Bay are at Arizona, at Atlanta. I could see them losing one of those games. And then you look at what the Panthers have. They have Detroit at home, that game against Tampa Bay, and then they have to go on the road against the Saints. So maybe they can win all three of those, and Tampa Bay loses two of those, two of their games, including the uh, game against Carolina. But I think that would be cool if the Panthers and Steve Wilkes could maybe get into the playoffs. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about that possibility right now. Certainly is a possibility, Evan. Um, I'd like to see maybe not this year, um, but I'd like to see Geno Smith stay in Seattle. I'd like to see them have another competitive year next year. I think that's a pretty awesome storyline. Um, and then almost a negative one. I'd like to see Brady and Rogers retire this off season, and I'd like to see Belichick join them. Um, I'm, I'm so fucking done with Bill Belichick, man. And so that, what was texting you guys? Should I tell, does it matter what pod I tell the story on? I would tell it on this one. I think this is the last one. Okay. So, um, Donovan knows this kid at URI, and I, I won't use names or anything, but he knows this kid, and his father is the videographer for the Patriots, and he's very close with all the players and the staff. He's been around for a long time, too. He's been there for a while. And so he's been hearing some things this week, specifically, that there is a coach for the New England Patriots who is on the offensive side of the football. It's not Patricia or Judge. And he's kind of been Belichick's little bitch lately. And he does whatever Belichick wants. But all of a sudden, he's kind of trying to, like, sprinkle his influence into the offense. And that's where all these horrible plays are coming from. Because for some reason, Bill is taking advice from this guy. And... All of a sudden, like, Bill realized what this guy was doing and, like, that this guy – I think it's Troy Brown, which is why I think Belichick uh, was maybe inclined to listen to him because he's a former player. Um, but I think what what at least what he had heard was Belichick has caught on to this garbage and he wants to fire him but can't mid-season. Same with Patricia. Like, he wants to fire Patricia, Patricia, but can't. And I've also heard that this same coach is trying to get Bailey Zappi to be the starter. <laughs> this is a very, very outlandish story coming from a videographer of the New England Patriots. I mean, 
I can't see why he would make it up. Like, why would he just tell his son this if it wasn't true? There's probably some validity to it. It's just there's so many different factors and for sure stuff that's like going on well, behind the scenes that you just don't see in an everyday coaching staff. It, 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 but I, I wouldn't put it by with how bad this <laughs> offense is. I will say it's interesting to see these Patriot greats coming out and bashing Mac Jones. Vince Wilford came out today and said he doesn't know why Mac is always pissed off. You saw what Edelman said yesterday. Like, people are against Mac Jones. And I think a lot of Patriots fans are against Mac Jones. I think even though the coaching is not great, and I understand that's everybody's response, you can't tell me Mac Jones has anything good this year. He's not. The Patriots are not going to win with Mac Jones. They're just not. I just so, don't think they're allowing him to even play. Because like, he can't. I mean, you're telling me he that can't he play. can't throw that Hail Mary. No, I don't think he can. No, he can't. He and has a noodle he, arm. We and know then this. He, yeah, he went on the radio and said, yes, I could have thrown. But it, they're a disaster. No one's on the same page there. I don't even know if Bill likes Mac Jones. I don't. Like, I, really I don't, don't even know if Bill likes his job anymore. <laughs> Dumpster fire over there. It's terrible. It's, it's bad. And how the Bengals are only three and a half point favorites is a joke. They should be seven and a half point favorites. Easy money is going to be made on the Bengals this weekend. That's all I'll say. I will say, in terms of Bill hating his job, when your quarterback has to go on the radio and complain that he can throw a Hail Mary or not, um, that's got to be the worst possible situation that that's what your fucking quarterback's worried about is whether he could throw a Hail Mary 60 yards or not. I mean, I'd be more worried about that you played like dog shit almost and have to rely on the, the basically the defense and the Raiders to suck and the defense get like stop after stop after stop just so you can keep scoring with screen passes. It, that I would be worried about that instead of whether I could throw a Hail Mary or not. It so just bothers me how much he... Yeah, it just bothers me, and I don't know, Colin, what you think, because we watch, obviously, every game. It just bothers me how emotional and pissy Mac Jones comes off. Like, dude, you're in this situation. Accept it. This is what you're going to have for the rest of the season. You can, you know, yell at Patricia, you know, in the locker room or whatever, but he's visibly doing it on the field. It just, to me, comes off as just he's being a fucking baby. And I'm I'm tired of Mac Jones being just this just complaining like make the most of what you have you have a really talented running back with you I mean oh, oh you got oh, competent oh, receivers hey, you got oh, two oh, hold on you got two tight ends that they invested a lot of money in because the ones that Bill drafted didn't fucking work out so we had Hunter Henry just keeps dropping passes left and right I still think Hunter Henry is a good tight end in the league he had a good game against Arizona I'm just saying like the he has some weapons. He's just yeah. not good. He does have some weapons. You know what this story's reminding me a lot of? Tom fucking Brady. You watch him lately? Nobody's talking about how much of a pissy asshole he is because it's Tom Brady. I mean, I just don't get why it, it, you're going to give one guy a pass for being an emotional dickhead and not the other. Tom Brady's uh, he, well, he just got divorced. And he's won a Super Bowl. And he's won a lot of Super Bowls with us. Yeah, it's different. who cares if he got divorced? That's I'm just saying it's probably work. He lost a lot of money with FTX. Like he's in a tough spot. 
Uh, yeah, because you made shit investments. <laughs> I don't know. We got one more question, like, don't we? You sound like a fucking lover boy of Tom Brady. Um, yeah, we have one more question. Is there anything in the past year that you feel deserves some recognition? Fuck. I don't know. A lot has happened. Oh, my headphones are dying. Uh, the Mariners made the playoffs. That's the first thing I thought of. They broke the curse. So I don't know who has the next longest streak, but it's on them now. Um, I don't know. I feel like we kind of covered all the bases in terms of the, the good stories from this past year. Um, kind of like the underdog stories. Um, I guess I'll just give recognition to Jalen Hurts becoming an MVP candidate. I know during the summer I came on and said I don't want him as the starter moving forward. <laughs> but I think if you look at him year to year, how he's progressed, there's a mute button, Colin, for when you call. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but I think when you look at how he's progressed year to year, it's something that you just don't see every day or even just every year on any sport. So shout out to Jalen Hurts and his progression as a quarterback and a leader as well. This isn't really a a recognition one, um, but I'm going to say the amount of times that I had to reset the Instagram password because Instagram changed. It's, you know, I don't know, like (laughs) you go on one app, you try to log in with the account. It thinks you're you don't own the account. It makes you reset the password. I think we had to do that about five or six times this year. Never had to do that before. So Instagram, figure your shit out. Um, if I had to pick a sports storyline that I think deserves a little recognition, uh, we talked about it on the pod, but you know, the fact that Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs is remarkable. And I don't know when the next time we'll see that will be. So shout out to Aaron Judge as much as I don't love him. And I don't love the Yankees. 62 home runs is Incredibly impressive. So, well done. I'd say one that is generally not talked about in sports is that soccer internationally reigns supreme in terms of viewers. Um, the World Cup definitely proved that this year. I know USA soccer was somewhere around 13 to 18 million viewers, depending on when and at what point the game was at. Um, just incredibly large viewers com- in comparison to a even like a world series game i know was like i think it was like 5.2 mil or something so i mean just crazy crazy numbers for a sport that really nobody talks about in the united states unless they are fans of international teams because professional teams just haven't garnered much interest here yeah i think it was like like something billion views for this world cup Compared to yeah. a couple, like a hundred million for the Super Bowl, I saw the, that graphic. Pretty nuts. It's crazy numbers. Well, I think you look at like I think this World Cup. I haven't watched a lot. Um, I'll be honest, but it was very entertaining. Like all the games were close. So many went to to penalties. I mean the 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 final was ridiculous. I mean I think that's some of the best soccer I think a lot of us have watched ever. Um, yeah. And then, I think you also have to factor in the the aspect of Messi making that run with Argentina and kind of cementing himself as the goat to a lot of people. So, um, and then obviously the future of with Mbappe. I think there's a lot of storylines with this World Cup, and also just for the U.S. and a lot of us in the states. Like it, we we actually made the round of 16, so that that was something to look forward to. So I think there's a lot of factors and storylines to making this World Cup kind of special and putting it on the world stage. 
Yeah, I look forward to 2026 in North America. Yeah, Gillette. And the uh, we can look forward to 2023 when the women's team just mops the floor with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's all I had for the agenda. Is there anything else we'd like to talk about, or should we wrap her up? Put a nice bow and wrap up this 2022 uh, episodes of the podcast. Another good year to to the listeners if you're still hanging on ct i'm sure you're listening thanks for listening <laughs> always buddy honestly don't know who else listens all the way through i think so, sean does shout out to sean shout out rod um, i got nothing else honest ev can you I, yeah. I can't even see because the only way i could see who was listening was through anchor i'm not sure if i can still see that well, i don't know off the look into that. Not sure where our listeners uh, stand. Oh wait, we have a wrapped. Should we do a live wrap <laughs> review on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, what the hell is going to be on our review? What does that mean? Yeah, what is that? The Spotify wrapped. You don't know this? Yeah, well, but how do wrap, we have it's... a wrapped? Oh, because. Because I have one attached on on my um, podcast editing app. All right. The CLHC podcast. Jump in. All right. Let's check this wrap out. 2023, we did our thing. The people loved it. 2022. Apologize. I'm so confused of what this is. What is it? We created. 1,770 minutes of new content. More than 83% of creators in sports category. Nice. We're more dedicated than everyone out there. Let me skip. That's that's actually impressive. Oh, we do two pods a week, basically. Yeah. So. Not we can end the podcast. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll I think we should end it here. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace out. Later. Peace. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. It's what you ain't done yet. Take the keys, leave the regrets. Write your letters, place your bets. I'll be the one who would say.